We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macro, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast, which I will open first and foremost by saying happy holidays to all, whatever holiday you celebrate. Um, we do Christmas in my household, so Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And uh, Jeremy, obviously you're Jewish, but do you celebrate Christmas? Like as like a dinner and gifts. I didn't yeah, right? get to really celebrate Hanukkah with my parents, so... We'll just do gifts tomorrow and this week, and it'll be great. Whenever you're hearing this, I can't remember what day. Two days from now, we're recording on I, Saturday. No, I think so, they're hearing it tomorrow. I think they're hearing it. Yeah. So then, yeah, it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Then. So, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, you happy well. Hanukkah, the whole thing. And um, so, um, this show, uh, obviously, a little different for a few reasons. One, uh, it is not coming at you on our usual Monday spot because Monday is Christmas and uh, I will be celebrating and everybody's doing what they're doing. Um, and also because uh, it's a little different because we've uh, literally just finished the Bucks game a couple hours ago. Uh, if you want to hear any extended thoughts on the Milwaukee game or for that matter, any of the games that occurred this week, um, there's post game pods for all of those. Um, this is going to focus on the big news of the week, which is Mitchell Robinson going down with an injury that obviously he didn't go down with that injury this week, but we learned it is likely to be a season ending injury. So um, the spotlight is going to be on Mr. Jeremy Cohen uh, for a very uh, impromptu wish it, wish it wasn't necessary, but it is necessary cap or no cap um, on the disabled player exception. But just before we do that, uh, very briefly, I, I mean, I'll just say quickly, I think they had a, a, a fine week going two and one. Jeremy, your your thoughts on the week? Yeah, my thoughts are it doesn't matter, right? Because when the Knicks win, <laughs> uh, when the Knicks win, they don't have a superstar and they need to get one. And when they lose, they can't compete with the teams that have a superstar because the Knicks don't have a superstar. So uh, I don't even know why we're recording this podcast. I don't know why we're talking about this team. I don't know why we... Any, why do they even play the basketball? Why are we following any of this along? It doesn't matter until the Knicks have a superstar. So um, once again, for a second week in a row, let's just sign off early and uh, we'll call it a, we'll call it a day, right, John? 
I mean, can we can we run an ad with a three minute podcast? I don't know. I think our 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 supporters may maybe a little upset about that. It'd be tough. It would be tough. It would be. It's a tough beat. But, um, good week. It was a good week overall. You yeah. lost to what is the one of the best teams in the NBA? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Can it happens. Yep. Yeah. It's going to keep happening. It very easily could happen again tomorrow. And we're all hearing this uh, once again. So we're, we are officially in the point of the season where there is enough of a sample size to zoom out and have it have meaning. It's a 16 to 12 basketball team. They struggle against really great teams and they do pretty well against everybody else. Uh, I'm cool with where they're at right now. Um, What's going to be interesting moving forward, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this today, and I'm I'm literally going to toss it right to you, and we get right into it, is the notion of well, you know, we've we've I've said a lot, and I think we we've kind of been on the same page about this. You know, this whole season is one that is kind of in anticipation of a summer in which I think we both think that the franchise, you know, will will try to make whether it's the move or moves or whatever you want to say. Um, has this Mitch thing impacted that at all? And if so, you know, how has it? I don't know if I think it has, but um, I'm going to turn the floor over to you on that note. So this is the disabled player exception, cap or no cap. It is, uh, I mean, naturally Mitchell Robinson going down. That hurts quite a bit, but that's uh, just, where we're at. Um, unfortunately, he's not the healthiest of players and he's once again hurt this time, uh, crushingly so. Uh, so I just want to continue with finding a replacement. The Knicks are not going to find a replacement for Mitchell Robinson, uh, but they can find a suitable backup big for Isaiah Hartenstein. None of this should be viewed as can the Knicks get the best player uh, that they can, who's better than Robinson. It's just who can fill in that, say, like 18 minutes per game, 20 minutes per game, whatever it would need to be. That's really what we're looking for. Uh, of course, the Knicks are applying for the disabled player exception. Uh, the DPE, as it's also known, it's 50% of Robinson's salary. So it would be $7,840,909 that would be awarded to the Knicks should, uh, I believe, the the fit-to-play panel determine that Mitchell Robinson will be out past uh, or until at least June 15th, which in all likelihood would rule them out for the entire season. The Knicks can use this via trade. They can use it to sign a player, although not too many free agents who are worthy of signing something quite this large or uh, larger than, than need be. Uh, and the Knicks don't gain an extra roster spot. It's not like in baseball where they put Mitch on the 60-day DL or IL and he's done. It's uh, He's still on the roster. So the Knicks, in order to make a move, to get someone would have to clear a roster spot or trade a player for another player. I just want to go over very quickly the difference between a DPE and a TPE. The TPE, of course, being the traded player exception. Uh, the TPE was generated when the Knicks dumped Obi Toppin's salary. It was about $6.8 million. So that's one thing. Of course, the Knicks trying to get this, which is the DPE, which would be more than $7 million, about 7, 7.8 I, I mentioned. Uh, so here are the differences. The DPE expires on March 10th, 2024. The TPE expires July 8th, 2024. Uh, question of, must it be used on an expiring contract? For the DPE, the answer is yes. For the TPE, the answer is no. 
Can you combine these exceptions with players or another exception? The answer for both of these is no, you cannot. Does it count towards the hard cap? The answer for both of these is yes. Uh, the Knicks are hard capped at $172 million because of the Dante DiVincenzo signing with the mid-level exception. So they can't go over that amount at any point. And lastly, can you use the exception on multiple players? For the DPE, the answer is no. For the TPE, the answer is yes. So there are two different rules, two different things. It's important to recognize how they're different because you could get one player with one but maybe not another player. You could get uh, you could get a player with neither of these things. So it's kind of how it goes. John, before I continue, any pressing thoughts? Um, yeah, I just want to say I was going just what you said on the last slide. This isn't about finding a replacement for Mitch. They have the replacement for Mitch. His name is Isaiah Hardenstein. This is about finding a replacement for Hardenstein. You know, in a sense. Um, so and and as you say, uh, the the DPE does, I mean, it gives them a, a, a bit of flexibility, but not as much flexibility as the, the TPE. Um, so that's interesting. Exactly. So uh, I want to look at Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein and identify two key areas that the Knicks clearly like. And mm -hmm. that is, this is uh, EPM, which we've talked about before. Uh, certainly XJ uses it quite a lot. And there's a reason because it's a very good stat to use. It's not an end-all be-all, but it's super important. And I wanted to just highlight a trend between Mitch and iHeart. The two main categories where there is tremendous overlap over the years behind them, defensive EPM and offensive rebounding. If you look back, they have both historically been phenomenal in terms of the defensive EPM. We're talking Isaiah Hartenstein dating back to... Uh, the 2021 season, or the 2020-2021 season, he was in the 77th percentile defensively, then the 92nd percentile, then last year, the 76th, and then this year, he's in the 97th percentile. Damn. And with Mitch, in that same time frame, 96th, 92nd, 93rd, 95th. But again, this is not like, hey, you're automatically a great defender because this tells you the what, doesn't necessarily tell you the how, which is watching the games. But it's important that there's clearly a trend here. And then you look at the offensive rebound percentage for Hartenstein. 95th percentile, 89th percentile, 96th percentile, 98th percentile. And Mitch, 96th percentile, 99th percentile, 99th percentile, 99th percentile. So uh, even before Isaiah Hartenstein was on the Knicks, he was very good at this. It was a very seamless transition for him in that sense. The question was usage going into the offseason. Uh, for when the Knicks signed Hartenstein, but we can see how he's being used. So I'm setting the scene for two main things. A lot of other things that, that you need to configure when you think of replacements, but these are the two areas that the Knicks clearly love their centers. So wondering if we can find someone who fits into uh, preferably both, but especially one of these categories. Um, and just, I want to throw in for anybody who is like, ah, I don't care about advanced stats, uh, mumbo jumbo one defensive, uh, advanced stats are the only way we really have to measure defense. So if you don't like, um, <laughs> defensive advanced stats, that's tough luck for you. But in terms of just the offensive rebounding, um, if you look at, uh, offensive rebounds per 36 minutes, so that's not an advanced stats, that's just like. Offensive rebounds, but accounting for the same number of minutes because Hardenstein obviously is a backup, hasn't played as many minutes as Mitch for most of the season. And you look at guys who have played at least 500 minutes this season, 
Um, Clint Capella is number one, 6.8 offensive rebounds per 36 minutes. Mitch, unsurprisingly, is two at 6.6. And then Isaiah Hardenstein is third in all of basketball at 5.4 offensive rebounds per 36. So, like, Mm -hmm. you can very easily argue the Knicks have two of the top, you know, certainly five offensive rebounding centers uh, in the sport. Yeah, and also if you don't care about uh, advanced metrics, especially on the defensive end, bad news for you, uh, the Knicks front office does. So (laughs) it's something to consider as we keep moving. But let's look at the non-DPE and non-TPE options that are out there. So some names, Kelly Olenek, Daniel Gafford, Zach Collins, Clint Capella. Uh, The one we can rule out right away is Zach Collins because he's not even eligible to be traded. He signed a contract extension. I saw his name floating around. It's not even possible. He can't be moved to this season. Kelly Olenek. He's really not a Knicks center. He is a high offense, spread the floor, um, not a rim protecting type. We no. know what the Knicks like. We know it's a rim protector. It's not Kelly Olenek. That's not how he functions. Uh, Daniel Gafford. He could force something in that. Let's say the Knicks were to acquire Gafford. Mind you, they would not be using either the DPE or the TPE because Gafford would be too expensive. So this would likely mean um, trading Fournier or perhaps they would need to acquire another player into the TPE and then trade that player for Gafford before the deadline, uh, which they could do, but it's it's just a lot of maneuvering. But it gets to the major point of the Knicks walk into next summer with... Two players, Mitchell Robinson, Daniel Gafford, under contract, and Isaiah Hartenstein as a free agent. Yeah. And the prevailing thought there is, oh, well, the Knicks could just let Isaiah Hartenstein walk because he'll be too expensive and blah, blah, blah. That isn't how the Knicks typically operate. Nope. They would much rather, based on how they've operated, bring back <laughs> Isaiah Hartenstein and make whatever moves that they have at their disposal. But it, it's not going to be like, hey, well... Isaiah will will resign you because it forces an issue that isn't really there. And we're talking about a backup center yeah. position that's very different than a wing, a guard, a forward, uh, you know, whatever it might be. And he, similar could be said about uh, Clint Capella, just in terms of he's a higher end replacement, but he's got an extra year of $22 million on his contract for next season. So I uh, just, it just feels like that same thing with Gafford, but more expensive and older and likely costlier. We haven't talked about this once before today, and yet we are on exactly the same page. The notion that they're going to use this as like some sort of opportunity to let Isaiah Hardenstein walk just makes no sense. He's not only valuable to their team, but he's just his salary slot remains valuable as you know, he's a good player, you know, remains valuable as an asset. So to just let that evaporate now, it's not like so much money where you're talking about like, it's that big of a deal, but you're right. It's not how they operate. Like we have this guy, we love him. He does so much well of what we value and we're just going to let him walk off the door, walk out the door because we didn't feel like we felt we couldn't cobble together this position until the end of the year. It, that, that has never made sense to me. Um, and I'd be frankly surprised if that's how things shook out. But, you know, I've been wrong before. So we'll see. Same page. And just to look at their EPM defensively and offensive rebounding, this is last season. And what's been this season, 
they just don't really fit the bill entirely. Gafford a little bit. I mean, Capella certainly does from the rebounding standpoint. And, you know, his, his defense was better years past, but it's just, it doesn't feel like something that makes a whole lot of sense. So, Capella's uh, like, and like the Hawks would, like whether he is a real asset or not, like clearly they have operated as if he is something that if they move him, they want to get like a real thing in return for. And I just don't have any interest in, in doing that. Yeah. Especially with a Kong Wu, they just paid yeah. him. Imagine he steps up. So let's look at the TPE options. So some names that I saw online, Isaiah Jackson, <laughs> Jalen Smith, Nick Richards, Isaiah Jackson's had a very nice start to the season. He's finally getting, playing time. I mean, he would, he would cost a decent amount to acquire Jalen Smith, another option with the Pacers. He has a player option. The Knicks want to take on more money again, because of the player option. He can't be part of the DPE. He has to be the TPE. Same with Isaiah Jackson. Ijax has more time left on his deal. It's not an expired contract. And then there's Nick Richards, who's having a very nice season in Charlotte as a backup, but it goes to the, key point of these are three young bigs. Why are their teams trading them? Uh, What are the Knicks also giving up to get these players? If they're younger, it's it's probably going to be more expensive than they're looking for, for a backup center position where long-term is that really where you want to invest your assets, the the more premium ones into these players? Because it's not going to cost, you know, a a second round pick to get these guys. It's probably going to cost like a heavily protected first or like the Pistons second round pick. I don't think the Pistons second round pick, for example, is a worthwhile investment in getting these guys for the similar reason we just talked about of forcing the issue with multiple big men. Do you agree? Yeah, I, well, I think, well, I agree completely. Like why would the Pacers want to trade as a Jackson? Um, unless you bowl them over with something really good. Smith, I think you could probably maybe get of the, of these three. Cause I, I, like he's kind of fallen out of the rotation at this point, but the player option worries me because I mean, you know, the numbers better than I do, but I think there's enough uncertainty at this point where the notion that like Jalen Smith's player option could be the difference between them be- going into the tax or not, or like worse, case, worse, even than that, like forcing them to do some other thing that they don't really want to do to avoid the tax because they've acquired this guy who like, are we sure Jalen Smith is that big of an upgrade over what else they could get? And I'm sure we're going to talk about some more names. Richards is interesting to me. I wonder just cause like I've never got the sense that Charlotte's all in on him. So he's the one guy that I would at least wonder, like, do I want to give up the Pistons, the Pistons second for him? No, that seems a little bit too rich for, for my blood. I would guess it's a little bit too rich for the next blood too. I wonder if maybe you could, Get it for get him for a little less. I don't, he's the only one where I'm like I wonder. I, I just wonder. I, the only thing, the way I see it is, are the Hornets sacrificing rim protection for a little bit? Because I think PJ Washington's put more of a four. If memory serves, yeah. it's, you know, they're not going to have Miles Bridges long term. They're going to want to keep a lot of these low cost guys, especially if there are any players that need extensions that kick in soon, whatever it might be. So. I just would be surprised if the Hornets gave him up, even if they're not fully in. He's he's seen a lot of playing time recently, so you might be um, right. But then if we look similarly again, I mean, just looking at Richards, his defense was abysmal last year. It's better, it's certainly better, but it's not. And I know a lot of this is also contextual, right? Different teams play these guys differently. Maybe there's a the Knicks can see other areas, other stats, clean the glass, 
uh, B-ball index, whatever they might be, or, or their own internal stats that kind of measure these things. But they're going to probably want more proof of concept than that, especially because taking a flyer on some of these players when they're younger, when the season's important to them, I just would be skeptical. So these are three players who are not your quote-unquote super rim protectors, but there's still room for them to grow. Great rebounders, all of them, all of them fantastic offensive rebounders. I just don't know if the defensive piece is quite there to their liking. And that's, I think that's that and the rebounding is what they're going to value most. Uh, Richards could pull down boards, uh, I'll give him mm-hmm. that. Uh, but you're right, defensively, it's like it's not really there. And I think that, again, if they're giving up a real thing or even like a semi real thing for someone, I think it, at the very least, they're going to want that player to check. The, the couple of boxes that they uh, find important. So, yeah. And Richards being 26 should also be, I mean, there's, is there going to be tremendous growth at this point? And as a 26 year old, I, I'm skeptical. I think yeah. that he's probably closer to his ceiling at this point, but it could always change. You never know. So then let's get DPE options. You've got Mason Plumley. Well, he's injured and didn't look too good to begin with. Got Mike Muscala. Similarly, similar to, uh, Olenek, not the type of center that the Knicks like. This year, he's been terrible. There was a thought that I had. It was like, yeah, what happens if the Knicks got a spacing five because they traded Randall for, you know, say a Giannis type. Like, that's when you think of a player like Muscala, but he's just been bad. He's been really awful this year. Uh, and it doesn't help that he's playing for the Wizards. They're not a good team, but he himself has just played poorly. Yeah. Got Andre Drummond, where the Bulls, with Zach Levine sitting, are actually playing pretty well. Question of if they are looking to actually trade pieces or not. Uh, that's the question. That will be the looming question. Cody Zeller, not a significant option. I mean, they, the Knicks essentially got that in uh, Taj. It's probably a little worse in Taj, but... Uh, with all due respect to, to the OG because he's just an older player, but the impact is pretty much around the same, I would gather. Damian Jones just has been pretty unplayable this year, not good on offense or defense. Uh, and Xavier Tillman has been fantastic on the defensive end, but his offense has just been egregious. Uh, and if you look at the these three players, Tillman, Drummond, and Plumley, you'll see that this year, Tillman, yep, Offense just not there. The rebounding, pretty good. Could probably be better, but it's it's still up there. Drummond, uh, great with the defensive EPM. Always a great offensive rebounder. And Plumley, who has just struggled tremendously and also only played six of the twenty eight, which will now be twenty nine games because of the injury. So um, uh, some options, but yeah, yeah. Tillman, like I, I don't think Memphis is going to be sellers. I think they want to see. You know what happens with Ja now back, so I don't I don't really see that as a likely option. You, you know, you never know. But like Adams is obviously out for the year, so um, the one name. I mean, Drummond. Like we know what Andre Drummond is. Um, I don't think the Bulls the Bulls are going to be sellers yet either. Plumlee is the one name that is very interesting to me. Um, if only Why because I think he's shown himself over the course of his career, which by the way has been long. He's almost thirty four years old, so that's the other part of it. Like he's coming off an injury, he's going to be thirty four. It's a long career, but over that long career, he has shown himself to be like very competent um, to the point where you look at teams that he's on and you're like, why is Mason Plumlee getting so many minutes for this team? And that says to me that he does a lot of little things that coaches like and he doesn't make a lot of overt mistakes. He doesn't bring a lot 
to the party. Um, but I think he knows like, you know, all the things like positioning on pick and roll and all that stuff. And like, again, basic competence for a backup big, what is he going to be like coming off the injury, which he's scheduled to come off of? I, I want to say in like two, three weeks. Um, I don't know, but if, if there's a team that maybe would value a couple of like lesser second round picks, it might be the Clippers, right? That's, that's the other part of it. I think it, I saw it as a potential fit for what we might be able to give them and what Plumlee would bring to us, but you never know. I think the way I see it with Plumlee is that's what he has done in the past, what he did, but not what he will do. Yeah, That's my glaring concern. Um, And to be clear, I don't, I probably should have prefaced this. I don't see a trade materializing over the next couple weeks. I don't see it necessarily over the next month. I think this is something that goes towards the deadline and things shake a lot differently. And speaking of the deadline, let's just take a look at Andre Drummond in full every single year. Great defensive EPM. We know he's not a great defender. That's again, that's why sometimes the stats can lead you somewhat astray, but there's some sort of proof of concept here where it's wondering about why he's not that, but still consistently very good on that end. There's a reason as well in the past why the Knicks have shown interest in Drummond. It just hasn't happened. Offensive rebounding, I mean, since the 2017-18 season, the lowest percentile he's had with offensive rebounding is 98th. He's one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Like, just a full stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you look a little bit deeper with Drummond, 58th percentile on offense, 42nd percentile on defense. Uh, It's 50th percentile overall. I think there was a a plus 0.3 with cleaning the glass. Uh, He's uh, been up and down the half court in his career. It's kind of been snip, snap, snip, snap. This past year, he uh, is at 65th percentile. Last year was not great. The year before that was very good. Uh, He's had an off year in transition. This year is in the 24th percentile in points per play. But years prior, he was quite good. And pick and roll. He's a very good pick and roll player, at least certainly this season. He's in the 71st percentile. Uh, The only thing is that the Knicks don't do a lot of pick and roll with the roll men. They're actually last in frequency with uh, rolling. So I don't know if that's something that will, if it would change the calculus, if they would ignore it or how it would, how it would operate. But uh, Drummond is certainly an option based on what the Knicks typically like as well. I'm sure they'd like Andre Drummond and you could keep him for the rest of the year. And then, you know, if he walks after this year, that's not a big deal. I just, it seems like the bulls are, but again, like you said, they're not making this trade tomorrow or next week or you know, maybe not even next month. I mean, well, I'm sure there would be, there's going to be some urgency, but so maybe this is, is the one they kind of slow play. Could be. I mean, in the meantime, there's some cheap alternatives. Uh, number one, which I was very eager to talk about this. And of course the Knicks did exactly this, which was two way contract. They uh, released Jalen Martin. They have Demo, uh, Dimitro uh, Skopinsev. I believe I butchered his name. My apologies if I did. Better job uh, than he, I would have done. Yeah, well, he he played in his first game today against the Bucks, so they could get some mileage out of him that way, especially as they buy time for when Jericho Sims would be there. 10-day deals. They could uh, waive a non-guaranteed player to open up a roster spot. That would be as of January 5th. That's the first day you can sign 10-day 10 uh, 10 10 deals. The thing about the waving of a player, though, is it would essentially be Dequan Jeffries, Ryan Archidiakono, or Taj Gibson. It's not going to be Archidiakono. It could be Taj because it just could be. Um, 
And Jeffries, I don't think they would. I mean, I, like, I don't see a world in which the Knicks do a 10 day deal with another big while having Hartenstein and Sims and, Sims, and Taj and also uh, Demo on a two way. I think if anything, if there were a 10 day uh, deal that were went out, it would be at Taj not being on the roster. Uh, and then the last cheap alternative is prayer. Prayer is free. You could uh, cross your fingers and hope for the best and uh, pray to whatever uh, deity you know helps the Knicks find uh, success at the center position. That's that's up there. I don't think it should be ruled out. Um, prayer is good. Uh, do, uh, can I make? Are we at the point where I should make a prediction? Because yeah, I've got one more slide, and then let's, go for let's the go slide. For then I'll make my prediction. In conclusion, uh, Knicks <laughs> can stay afloat until the trade deadline. Uh, this is assuming Jericho Sims gets back as expected, which timetable is one to two weeks. Um, I would really recommend going bargain bin shopping for a backup big. It's not necessarily a position that needs to be prioritized. It's important, but it's not one where you got to splurge on it. It's why I believe Andre Drummond is the most ideal target. I look at this Bulls team where let's say they do want to sell off. Uh, If the Knicks were to find a way to clear a roster spot, be it releasing someone, uh, a trade that they make at the deadline, that's two two out, one in that opens up a roster spot that way. I could see a scenario where the Knicks absorb Drummond's salary. We know the Bulls are one of the more stingy teams in terms of their, their spending. The Bulls have one pick in this draft. It is their own first round pick. I could envision a scenario where the Knicks offer the Jazz second round pick That's, and try to entice the Bulls yeah. with that. It's a um, it's a low cost for thirty games. The Knicks have, I mean, it'd be probably twenty nine games actually, but who's counting? The Knicks have excess picks in this draft. They can afford to give up, say, the thirty seventh, thirty eighth, whatever pick would be, especially since they have that Pistons pick that I don't predict to be any lower than thirty three in this draft. Um, and finally, if you're going to focus on defense, because obviously rim protector, rim protecting is important, very much so to tips. But there are other ways to contain the defense, especially on the perimeter. If you can solidify your defense away from the basket and make life a little bit easier, especially when it comes to drop coverage, that's something that I think the Knicks should focus on more of. They should look for a short term option at the center position and a long-term option on the wing, not the other way around and probably not both the options of long-term on both. Um, so I'll, I'll turn it over to you now, John. Thank you. This was great. Um, and it really does sum it up. And I just like, I hope at the very least, cause I, I know like in Substack chat today and like on the post game, there was definitely some sentiment of like, we can't go another single game without getting reinforcement at center. Like you gotta, that's not how this works. Uh, it's not reality. And I hope that that is, has been made clear um, after hearing you. Um, Cause th- the one thing you didn't say, which should be implied is that the trade, like, yeah, play a lot of more of the league can be traded. So after December 15th trade season hasn't started yet. And it's not going to start for a while. There's a reason trades don't go down really until February. You'll get a one or two that happens in January. And the Knicks have been proactive at times. And if they get an, an opportunity, something they like, like if the Bulls agreed to give them Drummond for that Jazz picks, I think they would they would certainly do it. Um, I think they'll do something uh, maybe late January. And the more interesting 
part to me is like what you the other thing you said, which is like there are other ways to fortify your defense. Um, I that's the big that's far it's so much more interesting to me than what they do with this with the center thing is like is there is there another trade on the on the horizon that it looking around right now it doesn't seem like it but you know crazier things have happened so we'll see we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, game ball given to a player, coach, or entity that stood out this week and deserves special recognition. Do I get to give out the game ball? You do. Oh. Yeah, you won the week. Congratulations. I needed, I needed a small victory after uh, after today. <clears throat> okay, so my candidates, candidates, my candidates. Uh, reading off as I always do, what uh, GMAC has typed out for me. Uh, Julius Randle averaged 26, 10, and 3 this week, including 20 of 21 from the free throw line. Jalen Bronson averaged 27, 5, and 6 this week, including 7 of 14 from 3 and 12 of 13 from the free throw line. That's pretty good. Isaiah Hardenstein, 40 rebounds. Count them 40. 19 on the offensive glass in his 2.9 starts this week. Yes, because the, um, the Laker game was not technically a start, but he had played, I don't know how, how many minutes he played in that game. He was absolutely awesome. Um, Emmanuel quickly, even with the bad box game, still shot 48.6% from the field and 44.4% from three. And finally, Dante DiVincenzo, 10 of 20 from three this week. He's shooting 50% from deep uh, since moving into the starting five. And actually, I think if you go back even further, if you go back to like Earlier in the season, when he, much earlier in the season, when he got put in the starting five, he's over fifty percent. He is lighting it up. Um, hmm, man, I have three guys that I, I really want to show some love to. Um, I am going to go with Julius Randall. I think the numbers that I just read off before do not begin to do justice to one. His game against the Lakers, which like was it the best game a Nick has had this year? Like, no, like Jalen Brunson scored 50 freaking points against the Suns. Um, Randall himself has put up games with you know gaudier uh stat lines, but for Randall to play, I think he played 43 or so minutes against the Lakers, he did not sit in the second half and absolutely 
like did Yeoman's work in terms of his physicality in that game um, and his effectiveness too. Like he was just really, really, really freaking good. And then to follow that up with the Nets game where Brooklyn just had no answers for him at all. And I know his final stat line was just like, eh, whatever. He, he changed that game um, because again, Brooklyn just didn't know what to do with him and everything the Knicks did on offense, which is how they won that game. Uh, flowed from there. Wasn't great against the Bucks, but even today, like his physicality knows no bounds. I think he got to the line 10 times against Milwaukee. So um, with some stiff competition, Julius Randle will get my game ball. That's a great option. Yeah, he was so dominant in that Lakers game. It almost felt like it was personal, which maybe it was, you know, team that drafted him and has Julius Randle personal? No. <laughs> no, that's a, but that's a great choice. I. I feel like I'm going to go with I'm going to go with DiVincenzo. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And I I just think it's because he is due. He has had some really great stretches and he's kind of always been the bridesmaid, never the bride, so to speak, in this context. And I think he deserves to get some love here. The outside shooting is great. Again, I hand up. I was someone who felt that swapping Grimes out when you had the starting five working it was okay this is i get that grimes isn't playing well but as a unit everyone's doing great and you sub in divincenzo who is able to take it he's i mean there's stuff on the defensive end that's certainly let go uh and that needs to be addressed in some capacity but the offense is there the creation not huge but you know there was this one moment where with the bucks game where they're on the fast break and brunson is pushing it and i just like screaming in my mind of uh, Devo trailing. And uh, sure enough, there was that Nova connection. He knew exactly where he was without even knowing where he was. And uh, Dante DiVincenzo hit the three. So he's a sporting piece, but he has supported the Knicks in a crucial way. So I'm going to give it to him this time. It's a great pick. He, his um, his play this this season, I would define as unheralded. Um, I think we're or, like people are already taken for granted. Like the, uh, again, he's been over fifty percent from three for more than a month. Um, he's abs- and he's he's livened up the starting five. Like all the things he's doing, everything that they could have possibly expected um, when they signed him. So uh, great, great job by the front office. I I do at least want to shout out Isaiah Hardstein. Isaiah Hardstein's work has been impressive. Um, he is a he is a pain in the ass to deal with. Uh, on that note, we will go over to detentions given to a player, coach, or entity that deserves to sit down for a while and think about what they did wrong. First name on the list. I didn't type it. Just reading it off. R.J. Barrett, effective field goal percentage of 36.8 this week to go along with the third highest usage rate. Josh Hart, uh, effective field goal percentage of 35.3 this week. Only a 13% usage, though. Quentin Grimes, effective field goal percentage of 33.3 this week. Keep going down. I don't think we have any place more down to go. Um, Also, only a 13% usage. It's almost as if this is a false equivalency to RJ. Thank you, Andrew. Sir Thomas Thibodeau, it appears taking uh, starting Isaiah Hardenstein is a better option in the starting five than Jericho Sims, you might say. ESPN, here's a crazy idea. You could ask the WNBA champion head coach a question about basketball and not some nonsense engagement hunting question. Amen. Indeed to that. And finally, the Dodgers. 
I actually know what this was referring to. I'm very proud of myself for that. Uh, this is a money, money laundering scheme, and you can't tell me different. Uh, Jeremy, it's yours. That's a tough one for me. I'm leaning between the two wings who are really on this list, but one of them had a pretty good game this week of the three, and the other just struggled mightily. So I... I will go with RJ. I will go with RJ. I just, I think the worst part about, especially this Bucks game, which I know it's more recent memory because it just happened, but it wasn't so much the missed shots. It was like the swings that would happen. It felt like RJ would miss it and the Bucks would get a, it would be a five or six point swing. And I know it happens to other players, but it doesn't feel quite like it does. And again, I, this isn't blaming. Like there are other, a lot of people did not show up for work today, seemingly, or if they did, missed them uh, outside of Brunson and Hardenstein and Randall to an extent as well, certainly. But just there were just decisions that were made in each game with RJ that even when the process was right, the results were wrong. If we're just isolating it to this week, even just forgetting about season and everything. And at this point, like, the migraine like we can't we can't use the migraine it's it's I think they it's reached its expiration date exactly but if we're focusing just on these three games all worthwhile candidates rj's your starter rj's supposedly one of your best players in this starting lineup um rj starting if it starts at the top and works its way down that's what i'm going with uh it's a fine pick um I spent two hours killing, not me, but listening to other people kill RJ and 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 partaking. Uh, but uh, he was not good today. Um, and it would be nice if he played better basketball. I'm going with ESPN. Um, I don't usually get on national media stuff like this because I frankly don't care and I don't partake in it because it's a waste of time. And I view it as a waste of time. Um, I've always like it, this is entertainment, and just like if there's a television program or a movie that I don't find particularly entertaining, like Aquaman, like you know what what happened with Becky Hammond on um, on television was no different than what is in theaters right now. Now there may be some people who will go see Aquaman. I will not be one of them because I don't I don't need to see Jason Momoa swimming around. A mist. I don't know who the fuck he's swimming around with in that film, but it is not entertaining to me, which is why I don't watch ESPN. I've never watched First Take. I don't. I don't. I just opt out of all this shit. But it is kind of tiring after a while that, like, at the end of the day, this is the worldwide leader, and they are setting the national like the discourse and it like it sets a tone and that's why everybody on all the way on down does the same shit um because it flows from the top because it's like well that's that's what you do that's the example that gets set and like i'm gonna sound i mean let me pull up my lawn chair i remember when espn used to be such like the, the quality used to be so high and you could turn to them maybe not specifically for the nba but like I'll, I'll always remember like that stupid NFL matchup show that was on at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning on Sundays that I used to get up and watch and be like, they're actually like diagnosing plays and this and that. 
I'm like, I know that's a million years ago and that shit doesn't exist anymore. I get it. It's fine. I've come to accept it, which again is why I opt out. But it's just, it's just so disheartening that we've gotten to the place where it's like, this is exactly what they want. They want the inflammatory thing. So then the inflammatory thing could generate its own news cycle. Like, this is the goal. The goal is not to inform or analyze any of those things. The hope is that a bunch of people get pissed off. That's the only hope. And like, what, what the fuck are we doing? You know, and it's, it's just so annoying. And I guess I should, we, I, they, I should put them in the, the, I should give them a game ball because if it wasn't for ESPN, I guess maybe we wouldn't have a platform because there would be people smarter than us talking about basketball in more intelligent ways. But so maybe I should be thanking them. I don't know. Um, but they get my detention for this week. The craziest part is I actually don't think what Becky Hammond said is that far fetched. There's a reason why we're talking about who, who is a better player than Jalen Brunson. And it doesn't have to be, well, Jalen Brunson is not necessarily good enough, but the fact that we even have to entertain the question, we can't talk about the fact that the Knicks have been winning and that's great. They're just not dissected like other teams are. And I get that that's the market. I understand that that is how they drive clicks and revenue and all of that. It's a business. It will always be a business. It's a shitty business. It's a truly, it does everyone a disservice where we're wasting time talking about all of this, where it could be because we enjoy basketball. We love basketball. We want to see this team do well. But yeah, it's it's never about what's happening. It's about, well, what what shouldn't happen or what isn't happening or what cannot happen. And it's frustrating to live in that kind of echo chamber, that society where we just have to keep thinking every other team gets the benefit of the doubt seemingly. And I don't mean this as like a Knicks for clicks thing. I just mean it as no. I I want to love basketball in the same way other people do. And there's there are very few outlets that encourage that. Like we don't have to your point, there really aren't many platforms that break down film that talk about like they'll feature Bobby marks for salary cap stuff. And that's great. He'll get his tight five and then he'll be done. But then it's the regular scheduled programming of just, you know, I, I enjoy uh, NBA or, you know, with um, was NBA tonight, like in the name, but with Chuck and Shaq and Ernie, because they're entertaining. Right. But it's, it's, it's that it's purely entertainment, but it's not going to inside the NBA. Thank you, Andrew. So, that's great, but there's no platform for me to feel like it's uh, I'm I'm growing as a person. I feel like I'm losing brain cells listening to this stuff. And I thought Becky Hammond made great points. I think she's right, but it also is crazy to me that they got her to even be talking about it. Yeah, it's very silly, and uh, you know, it'd be nice if it changed at some point. But alas, I'm not holding my breath. Okay, predictions. Back to happier times because I get to go first. Uh, presented by Prize Picks, our friends at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. It could be anything. Uh, it could be 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 70 bucks, up to $100. That's what you get is your first deposit match. Um, one more time, uh, prizepicks.com slash KFS. Use code KFS and uh, up to $100 first deposit match. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. I've tied it up. Four and four. Here we go. This week, 
Uh, Bucks at home on Christmas. Then three game road trip. Ooh, Wednesday at OKC, Friday at Orlando, Saturday at Indiana. Tough, 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 tough. Not overthinking this one. Going two and two. I had a feeling. Yeah, I'll go one. Don't ask me which games which, but yeah, I see. I I see four pretty good basketball teams. So I do too. uh, But I also see a back to back both games on the road. I see two fantastic Uh-oh. teams in Milwaukee and Oklahoma City. I see uh, where the, we're going here. <laughs> the Magic are coming down to earth, but then the Pacers. I, I'm glad it's, you picked two and two because I don't think I would have picked zero and four. I don't. I couldn't go there, but I. I hope you're right. I hope you win again this week, John, because it would mean that they didn't go one and three or zero and four. Uh, it's the smarter move. And look, and look, as we always say, can they go three and one? Absolutely, they can go three and one. Here's a, you know, they, if they beat Milwaukee, oh, Jesus Christ, if they beat Milwaukee, it's like asking for, like, I, I don't know. Um, then three and one looks very doable all of a sudden, um, or more doable, I should say. But it's just, it's tough. So I don't, I don't blame you for going one and three. Them, um, beating, them beating the Bucks would be like Christmas in December. That's what it'd feel like. <laughs> on that note, all right, we're done. Uh, I'm going to go eat some pizza. Uh, only one announcement. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays from all of us here. We uh, are incredibly thankful that you guys uh, make this a very happy holiday season for us. And uh, it's just um, it's a good time of year. It's a good time of year. And, and I know, you know, it's not always good with the Knicks, but hopefully uh, it is always good with uh, KFS and you feel happy and at home and welcomed here because that's what the holidays are all about. So on that note, um, I got nothing else. Jeremy, anything? Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas, Andrew. Merry Christmas, all. Happy Kwanzaa, anyone celebrating. And uh, let's go next. Giddy up. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.